What's up, fellas? Hey. What's up, Joe? How you doing? Exhausted. How yeah. are you? Uh, I'm pretty tired, too. Long day. I feel you. The Rona is in full effect. All the way in. It could use a lemon. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Oh, that's all right. It sounds like they're making progress on these vaccines. Yeah, but they still say it's not going. They still say it's not going to be out, you know, for like another six months or something like that. It'll be nice out again before before it comes out. Yep, (laughs) for sure. Let's just hope for spring. Yeah, yeah, that would be neat. Yeah. So uh, this is episode twelve. Oh wow, we're getting in there. Because John John sent me a spreadsheet and it had uh episode numbers on there so i know this is oh episode yeah 12. i did do um, the math the last time yeah we did just realize that there may be a lost episode floating around i'm gonna do some editing and relabeling tonight and see if i can locate it but uh if not oh well yeah if not this is number 11 yeah if not um, this is number 11 that's perfect so i i looked at our analytics um, it seems that of our nine to seventeen listeners, they are predominantly female, thirty-five to forty-four in the United States and Singapore. So, uh, oh, fantastic! Hey, shout, shout out to Singapore! Yeah, shout out for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So this episode, we're going to be talking about Kid Leroy. Um, album is called "Fuck Love Savage." Um, which is kind of, I guess it's the deluxe edition. Um, I want to start with just talking about Kid Leroy, though. So Kid Leroy is a prime example of don't judge a book by its cover or by its sound, I guess, in this case. Um, so I can't recall when I first heard this guy. It probably was on a Juice World track. That would be my best guess. Um, that makes sense. But I liked him when I heard it. However, I did not know that he was a white dude. I'm like, oh, crazy when I find out he's a white dude. Then I watched an interview with him. Not only is he a white dude, he's Australian. Yep. That's yeah, out. Cool. <laughs> From Waterloo, New South Wales, Australia. I thought that was wild. <laughs> that is like, in my head, I'm picturing like uh, YNW Melly or something like yeah, no, nothing like that. But I did watch uh, his music videos. He works with Cole Bennett a lot. I don't know if y'all watch any of Cole Bennett stuff, uh, Lyrical Lemonade. Uh, hit, hit and miss. So I see some, so you don't. Yeah, I wouldn't know I think, if I had. I mean, super talented director, uh, filmmaker. Uh, recommend you, you check out some music videos after this episode. Uh, I actually watched them. As I was listening to the album, because that's the YouTube playlist that came up. And uh, yeah, as I was going, I was wondering, I was sitting there listening to him and I'm like, why are there two of the same song? And I went like to the YouTube thing because I didn't have it pulled up visually. And uh, it was the music video playing. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a dang on minute. And I went back and I played it from the beginning. It was pretty dope. And he's got a lot of them on there already. He does. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I was telling John, like the second half, like they had like five or seven songs like that for the Savage Edition. And then the whole second half has been released for a little while now. So he's been making videos for quite a while for this project, even though it's 
we're just getting to it because of the deluxe edition. So, but to make it fair, I don't know if this guy has a very limited like closet collection, but maybe he made it in the same weekend. I don't know. There was a couple of videos that he had the same clothes on. Just throwing okay. that out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's very possible. You know, there's a global pandemic. You got to do what you got to do. That's true. He could just be sitting at home making videos. Yeah. So, uh, Fuck Love debuted at number eight on Billboard 200. So, uh, streaming, it was equivalent to 40,000 album units. Um, physical copies, he sold that 7,000 in the first week, which, I mean, these days, 7,000 physical copies. That's great. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what do we say? That's like double that ja- last Ja Rule album, right? Yeah. Yeah, it did. <laughs> um, about roughly 50 million on demand streams the first week. Yeah. So. I mean, that's, that's, that's definitely key to the youth. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. Yeah, 50 million. 50 million streams is a lot, you know, for seven days. Right. So let's jump into it. Track one, uh, Booty Call. Uh, this is the skit. Yep. So so on Spotify, it actually puts the Pikachu first. Just so you know. Does it really? We're good. Oh, you know what? Like, Apple Music yeah. does too. Yeah. So All right. it does so, on the Savage Edition, it starts with Pikachu and then... right. Wrong, I, all right, I've been corrected. First track is Pikachu. Um, I thought Pikachu was very average, but it set the tone melodically for what we were about to listen to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was good. Like Pikachu, like is is a lyric in the song, but it's definitely a play on what he's doing for the chorus, which I thought was pretty dope. Uh, I thought the beat was flawless. I love the sample. Um, I thought that kid had that kind of the flow that was somewhere between post Malone and Juice World, like it was like happy medium between there. Uh, he is a his lyrics were nothing Juice over World. the top. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I just thought that he was in that post Malone Juice World, like in between the two, like not exactly like Juice, like you hear some people who come up with other artists sound like that. Right. Um, yeah. So I thought his lyrics were nothing over the top, but I thought that he fit right in with everything else that's out. So you saying that it's average, you know, basically fits, you know, it fits right in with everything else. Like it didn't stand out, but it was right on par with everything else we've been listening to. Yeah. I, yeah, yes, I am. (laughs) I may or may not have accidentally not listened to the deluxe edition. Because the first one that I have is booty call the skit. Yeah, right. that's the standard edition, but that's fine. You can catch back up when you get there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. We'll move on to track two. Uh, so done. Uh, this is a hit. This is super Absolutely. catchy. I love this dude's vocal, like like the vocal crack that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, love it. Usually not a fan of like string instruments, but I think it works really well with this one. Oh yeah, this was uh the single from the deluxe edition. Uh. Like it's got its own little mini release, uh, but I love the vibe of it. I thought the flow was there. Uh, had some relatable lyrics. Beat was the perfect backdrop. Uh, yeah, I gave it a five. I gave it a five, which is super uh, unheard of this early, usually in projects. But yeah, no, there was nothing about this song that was average. Yeah. Uh, next track is "Tragic" featuring Young Boy, Never Broke Again, and Internet Money. 
Um, you can really <clears throat> hear the juice influence on this one. Um, oh, yeah, it's absolutely. Not, yeah, it's not a bad song at all. It just didn't really stick out to me. Uh, I do like the drops in the beat, though. Oh, yeah, that's Internet Money. He's a pretty good producer as far yeah. as those things go. Uh, my notes for it was this track checks all the current trends for me. It's got a nice beat, nice flow, good vibe. Uh, I didn't love the young boy verse. You know, it wasn't as smooth as the rest of the track. Um, but other than that, you know, it was, you know, right on par with what you're expecting, you know, two songs into this. It was like, oh, okay. It's got a nice vibe to it. Nice beat, you know, nothing over the top. Just kind of fits in. Yeah. Next track is Always Do. Uh, this one, I another hit. I think the strings work again. Um, this is borderline not hip-hop. I mean, this is not really hip-hop in a tradi- traditional sense of the word. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was good. It was a really good track. Yeah, it's it's got another vo- vote that says, you know, feels like Post Malone, you know, uh, but he's adding his own spin to it. And, you know, we talked about Post Malone other times where he's not really hip-hop. Like, you know, he's got some elements in it, but you wouldn't really classify it, you know, if he wasn't put out that way, you know, marketed that way. So I thought that, I thought Kids got a good vibe. Uh, The beat was solid and it was made for the radio. Uh, Yeah, so no, this is another super good track. Yep. Next track is Feel Something with Marshmallow. Um, I, I like the subject matter. I like uh, it was real shit. It's not bad. I was expecting more of a banger from Marshmallow though. Oh, so also, uh, Scott but Storch has a probably credit. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you missed, like that's the big thing. I'm like, yo, so I heard the Scott Storch, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, okay, okay. So that's where we are. I'm like, I'm expecting, you know, that's super dope. So like, you can tell Scott's fingers are on it. And then I was like, Marshmallow didn't really. We talked about that on the Juice album, where he can make a production if out of it if he wants to, mm-hmm. or he can just be like phoning it in. And this kind of sounded like one of those that he phoned in, didn't do like build it up and break it down the way uh, that you would expect it to. But I thought it was a solid, solid track. Uh, and at this point, I'm I'm definitely saying that Leroy can craft a nice song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if he doesn't have everything like not the super dope beat or whatever. He can still craft a good song, even if it's not necessarily the best everything like we've seen on a couple of these other songs. Yeah. Next track is Fuck You Goodbye featuring Machine Gun Kelly produced by Dr. Luke. Um, he got a he got a pop punk Kelly feature here. Yeah, but that was my problem with the song is like Machine Gun let me down. Like, like this is the type of track that he bodies typically, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I think that he'd have gone full machine gun Kelly or the pop punk MGK. It would have been great, but he kind of just like phoned it in like to like, it didn't have his energy to rap, but he wasn't putting the melody into it that he's been doing on the pop punk stuff. So like kind of in the middle. So like that was the weak link to me was MGK. I like the track. Uh, it's It's got an unfortunate place in the track listing, and I'll explain that on the next track, um, which is Without You. Um, this is real Post Malone sounding to me. Um, right. I don't know. It almost... I, I love the track regardless, but it, it when do we differentiate music that is hip-hop music and it's music geared towards the hip-hop fan? 
it's I don't know it, it it's very confusing sometimes. Um, but what I was saying about the track listing is you've got a track. Fuck you, goodbye. Right? Let's say you're going through mm-hmm. some shit. Right? This track might be good for you right. to listen to. Fuck you, goodbye. But then the right. very next song is without you. <laughs> mm-hmm. It reminds me of uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, our so our thirty. 30 to 45 demographic will understand this. They had the hit um, Let Her Go, right? Like, right. She, she, she's off doing her shit. You just got to let her go. It'll be okay, right? It's comforting. Yeah. Then the very next track is yeah. I Only Want to Be With You. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, like, I like Without You, you know, that comes after it. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things, like, I was the same way. So when Without You came on, I was like, yo, this kind of reminds me of the radio-friendly pop alternative stuff that all the white girls played out when I was in high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, So it's like it's like a definite shift in between the two. Yeah. I, th- I think they're both decent songs. Um, but yeah, the bonus tracks just kind of were weird. Like they were extra stuff that he didn't put on the original mixtape and then kind of slammed them together without thinking about the order necessarily yeah all right so john you can jump in now because we're at a booty call which is the skit oh i can get up from my nap yeah (laughs) okay booty call it's a skit it's a skit uh next track is maybe um the voice cracking on this is fucking incredible um this is probably this is my favorite track on the album hands down wow uh i think i i agree with you i put it up there in the 3.25 area although i did heard Dwayne give it a five somewhere up there so i feel like i'm missing an entire piece of this album oh yeah because yeah, you're missing like seven tracks yeah um i my note was this wasn't really my jam um but it was uh, it was fine. It was more in the vein of you know X and Peep, you know. So it just kind of came across as a little more generic as opposed to some of these other ones we had been listening to before, where you know it was like so much extra, like you know, like you couldn't really find a whole lot of fall flaws in the first part. This one just kind of came across like eh, it was okay. But I definitely wouldn't skip it when it comes on. I've listened to this album probably more than any other one we reviewed so far. It's it's good. Yeah. Uh, My kids like it, so that says something. <laughs> Track three is Wrong featuring Lil Mosey. Uh, this is a hit. It, I feel like this is a radio song, but I don't even know if people still listen to the radio. Uh, I don't. I hear some stuff on the radio when I'm in the car with my wife. But yeah, I thought this one was another one of those songs that checked all the boxes. You know, beat, flow, vibe. It was all there. Uh, I thought Lil Mosey was cool. He fit the vibe and lyrically he was fine. Uh, I may have preferred another Leroy verse yes. instead of him. But, I, know, I absolutely that's, that's, agree with you. Yes. Yeah, that's personal preference, though. You know, that's just some nitpicky stuff. Because uh, Lil Mosey was fine. You know, just probably not what I would have chosen. It was okay. He should have gone with somebody else. Now, I can't recall if it was this track or the one before, but do you all know what the phone, the, the term D&D your phone means? Yeah, do not disturb. Okay, because yeah. I had to ask my fourteen year old what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. No notification. Yeah. 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 Thing. Yep. Air- airplane uh, mode for cheating. Yeah. 
Uh, track four, I wish. I wish, I wish, I wish. Y'all remember that, Jim? If, I, yeah, I, if only. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't like this beat, but he uses it well with his flow. It seems like a filler track for me. Yeah, I I said my note on this was, you know, songs like this shows me that Leroy is a more radio-friendly version of X and P. Like, it gives me the same vibe that Juice World does, but, like, one step behind him. Like, he's not there yet, mm-hmm. you know, to that same level. Like, he's got he's got all the tools. He just doesn't know how to use it all yet. And, you know, being his protege kind of helps. I think I actually mentioned on the Juice World episode uh, when there was a kid, Leroy, featured, like, that this kid's going to be something. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. You de- No, you absolutely did. Yeah. Yeah, I like the bridge a lot better than I like the chorus. Um, and it, it, it definitely felt like it needed another verse, although I'm glad it did not have one because I don't think I would have liked it anymore with a feature on it. Yeah. So next track is not fair featuring Corbin. Um, when I first heard this, my initial thought was I not a fan of Corbin, at least oh. not on this track. So I went zero stars to Corbin. Um, I'm okay with Corbin. I don't like it mm. on this track. Um, I, it, I felt like this track could have been better. Um, I did hear this track prior to the album. Uh, I would have rather had a different feature. Like, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Anthony oh. and the Johnsons, but I feel like she would have fit really well in this yeah. track. All right. So I've got a couple things on this. I hated his chorus. Like, lyrically, it was fine, but it came across, and this is word for word I got, a Kmart knockoff shoe version of The Weeknd. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I thought that. <laughs> I thought, that, I thought that Leroy could have easily have done it himself. So then I went, you know, and was doing a little bit of research. And I thought the song was solid other than the chorus. But I went and I read that Trippy Red was supposed to be on the song originally. So it could be one of those things that Trippy could have potentially have done the chorus originally, yeah. which would have sounded better, which would have sounded better too. So if you go and look at there, there's a like some Snapchats and some video of the two of them together playing with the song. Okay. Um, so I just I I'm looking up Corbin real quick. He's actually written tracks for Future, um, Nav or Nav, however you say that. Yeah. Um. So it's not like he's not accomplished, but anyway, sorry. Go ahead, John. No, man, just leave Corbin off. I didn't go listen to any more of his stuff. That verse did not <laughs> inspire me to go and out and try to see if I could find something that was any good by him. He should have just been left off. I didn't like it, him at all. And it, if he wouldn't have been on it, I think it would have been a better song. All right. Uh, track six is bathroom. Now I want to really dissect this track. Um <laughs> No, I don't because it's a skit. Um, Yo, can I yeah. can I say something though? I do appreciate that I think it's the exact same girl from the first skit. I'm yeah, yeah. Sure I mean, it it's probably his probably his current girlfriend. I'm just I'm mean. just saying. I I I appreciate it. A lot of other people will do something else or somebody else or whatever. I like that it's the same girl. Continuity. Next track is "Go" with Juice World. Um, given their history together, I would assume that this was recorded while Juice. Um, they were. They were probably. They were probably recorded this together. 
Um, oh yeah, absolutely. In the same place. If you yeah, watch, same place, same time. if you watch the video, I think he mentions uh, giving him the verse for his birthday. Okay. Uh, what did he say? A five, a two hundred thousand dollar birthday gift is what he said, I believe. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he missed Leroy's sixteenth birthday party. You're right. So I think they were in the same house, wherever they were at. Yeah. Uh, they were actually, yeah, I believe they were on tour uh, at the time when they recorded it. They both have very, very similar styles. Um, yeah. I mean, this track is cool for what it is. It's. Yeah. If, I thought it was vibey. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I, I think if fine, Leroy you know? becomes super successful, um, you know, to the level that Juice is, um, this will be a track that people will look back on. Oh, yeah, yeah. As a kind of a turning point for him. So. It'll be the one that everybody remembers because it's so repetitive. <laughs> it's got that going for it. Yeah. So track eight, tell me why. Um, I love the hook. The verses were well put together. Solid beat. It's just kind of missing that it factor. I just, I can't really pinpoint it. Something yeah. about it just doesn't stay with me. Yeah, that's that's good that you say that because I said it sounds like something on the level of the tracks that are on Legends Never Die. Like, you know, it just seems like it's missing the it factor. Like, it's all good. You know, there's nothing really that you could say is wrong with it, mm-hmm. but it's just missing that extra little oomph, uh, oomph to it. So I thought it was a good track. Like, you know, it's just not up to the caliber of some of these other songs that we got on here. Yeah. I'm going to read you this quote for quote, okay? I really like the beat on this one. He does a really good job. I don't really have complaints. End quote. Okay. That was it. I didn't have anything else for this. It was just extra regular. Good, but extra regular. That's fine. Uh, Track nine, same thing. Um, It almost didn't sound like him at first when I listened to it. Um, (laughs) Right. It's the beats. Good. I felt like the hook was super lazy. Like this is, probably the only track i would skip so far wow i thought it was one of the better ones but i have a difference of opinions on from most people i thought this had more of an r&b vibe to it which he made work for him Uh, i thought it was kind of catchy and it was solid it sort of felt to me like it was a drake track without all the cheesiness that sometimes comes with drake i could see that i'm not mad at that at all um I mean, I just, it's a good vibe song. I mean, that's essentially what Dwayne was saying. It's get in that R&B vibe. It's in that spot. So I'm with it. I wouldn't skip it, though. I would skip it. I hear you, I but would I would also not. Skip the, I would also skip the next track, uh, which is a skip. <laughs> yeah, don't, it, it don't is call this number anymore. Don't call it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Track 11, Erase You, produced by Benny Blanco. Um, you know, I didn't find out this was produced by Benny Blanco until af- after the fact, um, which is good because I didn't want to, that to skew my opinion of this track. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. It could easily be confused for any other track on this project, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's got a, he's got a vibe. A, a lot of these songs, at least in the last half, uh, are to me, are kind of that way, too. Yeah, I I thought that it was fine. My only real knock on it was that it should have been longer. You know, I <laughs> yeah. thought that he had everything going for it. Like you, could, this could be a great track, but then it kind of stopped. 
you know what I mean? So like, I thought it, it so I gave it a four overall cause it was, it was better than average, but uh, yeah, I just thought that it should have been a little bit longer to maybe round it out. I think uh, I think a post oh, Malone. Sorry, you're good. I think a post Malone feature would have been good on that song. I don't yeah, think he's there this. yet. I don't either, but I think it would have been good on that song. I'm sure we'll get it at some point. I just don't think he's there yet. Yeah, next album. Yeah. Um, track twelve is running. Um, I felt like the flow was solid. The verses were dope. The hook was just a little weak. Like, I would have liked a little more vocal layering or something. Yeah, that, that's kind of a thing that Juice did, too. He didn't always layer them up the way that he that we think he should have with those extra mm-hmm. harmonies. I, I don't really have too many notes on this one. Uh, I thought it was pretty much just a retread of what I've said in the last two. You know, I had a great vibe, but it felt a little short. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was only one good verse on it, and it didn't need any more. But I like how he got a little funky with the bass. Um, it gave it a little mm-hmm. bit of a, just a little bit extra, at least in the beat. Um, but I don't have a whole lot of notes on this one either. Track 13 is a skit. But we wish you well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe skits are a lost art and he's trying to bring them back. I don't know. I don't know. He does a pretty good job. I mean, though. they weren't. Yeah, for if you just listen to the original album, I mean, it fits better than in the deluxe edition where you you don't get it till later on. Yeah, it was co- they were cohesive. I just you know they're all skippable after your first listen. Track fourteen is "Need You Most." Um, I like the melody. The hook stood out. This was another one where you could hear a lot of Juice influence on it. No, what you heard was Neo. Neo. <laughs> Yeah, the So Sick it's a, song. It's a re- yeah, it's a remix to So Sick oh. uh, by Neo. So sick of love songs, so tired of tears. Uh, so all he did was, you know, interpret it, you know, interpret it a different way. Uh, so I thought it was just an updated version of that, uh, yeah, and I loved much. it. I thought it worked super well. I thought Leroy was super solid. I think the thing to me that would have pushed this way over the top is if you would have actually put Neo on the track. Yep, like absolutely. Did some, like did some backing like did some backing vocals, you yeah. know what I mean? Like not even a lot, you know, just a little feature uh, would have just, you know, catapulted this to a five all over the radio, you know, since he's unknown and it's a remix to Neo without Neo, you know, it's kind of awkward that way, but no, it's a, it's a real good one. Yeah. I liked it. Dylan, how'd you feel about it? I'm just taking notes here. I need to go listen to somebody called Neo. Hold on. <laughs> Right. Yeah, any any dash out. And by the way, the original remix to Neo's "So Sick" features LL Cool J. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. By by the way, this song is like 15 years old. Okay. <laughs> Track 15 is selfish. Uh, <laughs> sick ass beat. Uh, right. Yeah. It rounds it, it rounds the album out real well. I enjoy it. You know what my biggest problem with the song is, and it's super petty. Uh, is that the the album is called you know fuck love savage right and yeah. every time I'm listening to this song after listening to the project the back of my mind knows that it's savage right so you know the next time I'm going to be selfish just doesn't seem to translate like my brain wants to say savage next for time. the 
Okay. You know, yeah, for the for the for the for the, for the lyric, and it's not right. But if the song is absolutely a smash, you know what I mean? Like he's this is checking all the boxes. And this is the sort of song that could get some legs on the radio. You know, yeah. not like a smash hit, not a number one, but you could say top five, you know, if it gets a good video and a good placement on the radio for it. Hey, maybe the next album will be called uh, Selfish. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. And then have no, no song, no features. Right. Yeah. That'd be kind of nice. All right. So that does it for this album. Uh, Dwayne, what do you rate this album? Ah, see, uh, I got my little notes here. It's like, uh, I thought that he's super talented, got a great ear for beats, can flow his ass off, uh, can write some catchy, relatable lyrics, has room to grow and mature still. Uh, but he's already got a, a space in the conversation next to post, you know, juice X peep, in my opinion, like he's that level already. He just needs to take that step out of the first album and show that second level on the sophomore album. So I'm really interested in where he goes next to take him to that next level. Uh, but overall, I love the album, uh, the deluxe edition, especially uh, the math came out to a 3.45. So, you know, one of our my higher rated albums from him. Uh, and if you remove the skits uh, from contention altogether, moves up closer to the four. Uh, so I'm looking forward to what comes next. Uh, I think he's got a, he's on a course for a super bright career. Uh, I just think that he needs to find that next mentor, you know, to push him over the top. Uh, I would, I would agree with almost everything you said. I would give it a four and a half out of five though. I love this album. It is, it is definitely a very good album. I, uh, I can't say my rating because I only rated the first version. But it was like a 3.5. Um, for the deluxe edition, I think it's good. John, you need to go back and listen to the deluxe edition. Yeah, I'm, def- I'm definitely going to. Uh, like, I-, I liked his album through and through, the whole thing that I heard, um, skits included. And um, I thought it was good. He does, I mean, he does good videos too. The videos are nice, you know? So. I, I don't know. I, I liked him. I will definitely go listen to the Savage portion or the Savage album, which is, I guess, an addition to this one. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, there's like seven songs that they put on before the first skit. Got it. Yeah, good. Cool. <laughs> that brings us to this week's Unfair to Compare. We're going to talk about Kid Cudi and Yeezy. Good music versus good music. Good music versus good music, both from Chicago. Uh, I I am a fan of both. I would say that I lean more towards Kid Cudi, um, just the style of music. Uh. Kanye, something happened uh, when Yeezus came out or was being recorded. Uh, we're going to do a deep dive episode on Kanye at some point. We'll we'll get into that, but there was definitely a shift around that time. Um, but I would say, I, as far as success, Kanye is much more successful than Cudi. Oh yeah, that's 
Yeah, that's the unfair without part. A doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the global superstar versus the, you know, not global superstar. Ba- yeah, basically I think if Cuddy wouldn't have Kanye, he would be in that tech nine level of, you know, being heard and understood. Like I don't think that he would have gotten the mainstream attachment to him if it hadn't been for Kanye uh putting him out that first time. Yeah, I agree. You don't you don't have Kid Cuddy as we know Kid Cuddy without Kanye. Yeah. And and all, the same could be said as you we don't have Kanye the way we know Kanye without Jay Z. Uh, well, see, that's that's kind of hard for me to say because a lot of the things that Kanye brought to the table and brought to Jay Z are stuff that he already had. Like, I don't know if you know a lot about the way Kanye was hustling when he first came up because he was a rapping producer. So, right. like, when he would hand people beat tapes, they weren't beat tapes per se. They would have verses and choruses and stuff on it. So, like, when he did Lucifer for uh, Jay-Z, he had the original chorus and the flow, like, the cadence and all of that was already there for Jay-Z. Like, so we wouldn't know Kanye West without Jay-Z, pretty much. Like, because yeah. the blueprint, you know what I mean? Like, if he wasn't a part of the blueprint, we wouldn't have the sampling the way we did for the whole 10 years after that. Right. So, yeah. But as far as an artist, I think Kanye would have always been Kanye, even without Jay-Z. Yeah. So, and with Cuddy, it's... Cuddy still stays in the conversation, even though the dude is extremely... Like, he is the epitome of hit or miss. Yeah, like absolutely. Man on the Moon, classic, ten out of ten album, love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like I don't know that he'll ever top that. Man on the Moon two was great, loved it. Indica, absolutely hated it, absolutely hated it. Uh, Satellite Flight, which was that surprise album he dropped with like no promotion, loved it. It was great. Speed and Bullet, Bullet to Heaven, hated it. Everybody hated it. <laughs> Everybody like, did, yeah. Universally panned. Uh, and then there was a uh, passion. Uh, what was it? Passion praying and demon demon slaying or something. Yeah, that sounds um, right. Yeah, it it was almost good, but it wasn't. And now he's promoting his new album, as Man on the Moon Three. And I'm just like, dude, if you're gonna call your album that, it better be good. <laughs> I mean, I don't, have you heard the singles he's been releasing, like the Scots and the Eminem joint? I did. I heard uh, both and he's of those. got he's got one other one. He's I'm got not one a more fan too. either. Yeah, I think they're both fine, like for standalone. So I'm inter- like, it's got me interested in what he's going to do for the next one because they're they're well yeah. put together. You know, they're coherent, they're current sounding. You know, so I'm, I'm interested in what's in the next. Yeah. yeah. So like, all right, are we not doing Enter Galactic? Is that not coming out anymore, or did he just rename Enter Galactic Man on the Moon Three? I would think that Enter Galactic is probably something else, like. Just okay because I know getting, it was supposed to have traction with a, a, a TV show as well. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about the TV show, but you know, I haven't got a while. It was supposed to go hand in hand with Intergalactic, um, yeah. and then he also has a collaboration album with uh, Dot the Genius Wizard, which I thought was a really good album. And then him and Kanye have an album together, Kids See Ghost. Yeah, I mean, I would. It's 
it's weird to compare the two because it's um, you almost naturally want to say that Kanye West is better in almost every sense. But if you gave me their entire discographies and put me on a desert island and said you could, if you can pick one album, I would pick the first man on the moon. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's definitely one. So I've got like some really thought out things because I'm a, I'm a big Cuddy fan because uh, I played, you know, the first album along with KOD and I forget what the last one was uh, while I was working on my house. Like those were the three albums. Those were the only things that were in rotation. So to me, Cuddy is on the same creative level as Andre 3000, but he's not as talented as Andre. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's got that weird, his brain works different than anybody else. Like only he can do what he does in my opinion. Uh, and then my next point is Cuddy's music sounds like what Kanye's mental illness should be like the bad, the, like the mental things that Cuddy puts into his music is what oh, I think damn. Kanye is what I think Kanye <laughs> should be doing. You know what I mean? Cause you know, Kanye's got yeah. problems, like, like, right. and so instead of avoiding them altogether, like he should be looking to his brother for what he should be doing. Like, because I think that if Kanye made a cutty deep album, you know, about the way his mind works, I think people would understand Kanye a lot better. Like, because we understand Cuddy and his flaws and his problems because he gave it to us, you know, in a super dope way. Uh, and then, then my last note for Cuddy is I think he's a blueprint for a lot of these so-called emo rappers that are stuck in their feelings because he brought that to the table on a main platform you know like everybody knew who cuddy was and like to the point where nobody likes speaking bullets to heaven but if you go back and listen to it now it's pretty much the x and peep music way you know unmixed and unpolished and like it's the early stages of that sound so like so as much as i don't like it like i can see it as like the beginning of an evolution like his brain was working 10 steps ahead and we didn't like it, you know, we didn't like it then. So I don't know when the last time you listened to it was, but you may have a difference of opinion on it now, you know, that music is kind of trended towards the acoustic weird vibe. So, uh, and then, and then Kanye, uh, hands down, he's a dude's a genius. You know, uh, you can make a case that everything that Kanye made up the yay, you know, makes him borderline top five you know, rap, rap producer, whole line. Uh, my problem with Kanye is Kanye, you know, like he's his own worst enemy. Like he can do no wrong unless he can, thinks he can do no wrong, you know? So if you take everything he did up to 2018, you know, you can debate Kanye being one of the greatest of all of music, not just hip hop. So I believe that his genius is, you know, only a hair away from mental illness most of the time. And Kanye, you know, he's been on he's been on the mental illness side for a little while now, uh, you know. And then he came back did the Jesus album. I don't remember what it's called. It's out of my head. Um, uh, Jesus but, is King. So it works. Like it, it, it's it's good. It's quality. It's you know, subject matter is different than what he's used to. But you know, it's one hundred percent Kanye on his meds, pretty much. Like you know, it's it's genius. It works. So like you know, you take out the couple of years where he was really out there you know, top five pretty much. So we can't talk about awards 
because that's unfair to compare. Can't talk about their catalogs because that's really unfair. Uh, these two are kind of like comparing a matchstick to Human Torch, in my opinion. <laughs> so while so Cuddy's going to be a footnote in the hip hop in the history of hip hop, and Kanye is going to have a whole chapter. You know what I mean? So I have to pick Kanye over Cuddy relatively easily, but. I will say this: Cuddy could go platinum with a lo-fi album of him just humming over the whole thing. <laughs> Dude hums so much, so much. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's almost every track that dude hums. Mm-hmm. I like <laughs> it though. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he put it over a lo-fi beats, yeah. you know, cool, like seven or ten or whatever, we'd play the right. hell out of it. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I can't pick this week. Like, you gotta pick. No, I can't, man. Because, like I said, we're gonna do a deep dive. I know. So you gotta leave it out of it. You gotta. You gotta pick. Then I'm gonna. I'm gonna pick Cuddy just for my own personal reasons. Like, I. I am more so a fan of Cuddy than I am Kanye. But I don't want to discount Kanye in any way, shape, or form. No, and you're not. Yeah. I don't think you are. In this particular instance, for what we talk about on this particular segment, I don't think it is. Unfair to compare. Your choice is Cuddy, right? Yeah. I I agree. I would pick Cuddy as well for personal reasons. Yeah, it's it's a it's you a know? taste thing, for and you guys. And yeah, that's, and it's and, and there's no problem with Kanye at all because he is a genius. He's done a lot of great music. And I'm sure he will do a lot of great music. But Cuddy. Yeah, all right. I know it's unfair. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That brings us to our next segment. Who is it? Did you do one? I didn't do one. I thought you were doing one. Yeah, I did one. I was just making sure. Right, cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. By the way, we planned it this way. Yeah. So I've got. So I've got it, and uh, I'm got gonna our shit together. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna throw it out there to both of you because who knows? Um, this rapper appeared in Cisco's Thong Song, Big Pun, It's So Hard, and Missy's Get Your Freak On videos, but was not featured in any of the songs. All right, so it's not. I know it's not Donnell Jones. Then there you go. It is. It could possibly be Puff Daddy. Mm. John, you got to guess because that's not correct. Give Give me the the things again. He was not featured on the song, but he was on in the videos for Cisco's Thong Song, Big Pun, It's So Hard, and Missy's Get Your Freak On videos. Ooh, I uh, might know who it no, is, but I'm gonna, I have I'm gonna no let clue. you give one more one more clue. I have no idea, man. I have no idea. All right. All right. This rapper's acting debut, he played himself in the nineteen eighty five movie Crush Groove. <sighs> no. No clue at all. Who is Funk Master Flex? No. Ooh, good. Damn. Good good one though. Good guess. All right. The first black artist to appear on MTV Unplugged in 1992. Oh my god! Oh shit! 92. All right. So I'm trying to remember. 20 years ago. So hard video. I don't know. It's okay. It's all good, dude. Big boy. 
I used to I used to watch the It's So Hard video all the time. And no, John is not big boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we ready for the next one? Number four. His debut single in nineteen eighty five was the first song released by Def Jam Records. Oh man. What? We're going back to eighty (laughs) five? Man. Nas. Holy shit. No. No. Oh God. 1985. Oh, oh, uh, it's is it the dude? He looks uh Lionel Richie. No. What makes this so funny is I've name dropped him earlier in this session. Uh, on, a, on, a, on a rant on a random, like I didn't intend to, but it was just where the conversation went. All right. So, so here's here's the softball pitch for everybody to get it. Uh, final one. His stage name is shortened from Ladies Love Cool James. LL, LL Cool, cool J. LL. Wow. Oh, he was in that video, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was. J-Lo was in it too. Damn. <sighs> There's a gang of people there in that go. video. All right, that was a great five questions. That was a good one. Yeah, I. I so last time I did it, it was the Nelly one. And I'd put them in an order that, you know, didn't help you help it out, you know, right. like it was yeah. too easy. Yeah. And this one, you know, I kind of had to organize it in such a way where you're like, oh, it limits it. And then it kept expanding, you know, who it was. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Hello, Cool J, Def Jam, first release, 85, before Beastie Boys. All right. What are we adding to John's playlist this week? Uh, I got I got three. Uh and this one, this one's great. Uh, She's got a man at home by Pretty Willie. Uh, you know, it's a throwback for fans of hip hop and R and B hybrids like the classic Nelly. Pretty Willie is also from St. Louis. So, uh, found a CD digging through my stack of stuff, and you know, he's on Spotify. They just really, they just released the album for streaming in 2020, and you know, it's like 18 years old now. So, uh, my second one is Where I'm From, featuring Wiz Khalifa by Lucas Graham. Uh, for fans of Lucas Graham, Charlie Puth, and, you know, pop rap collaborations sort of thing. Uh, and my last one, uh, definitely up the alley for John. It's Runaway featuring Orange Stick and Fetz artist Ava Cuddle. Uh, for fans of lo-fi, instrumental hip-hop, and cover tunes, it's a cover of Kanye West's Runaway uh, in a lo-fi variety. Uh, and then I got an honorable mention. I've talked to both of you about it independently. Uh, but Russell Westbrook on a farm by Little Dicky, uh, not on streaming. It's on YouTube. Uh, Little Dicky doing straight bars over Drake's pound cake beat. Uh, go check it out as well. I've already listened to that one, and it is sick. So yes, it's definitely going on the playlist. Yeah, I was driving when we talked about it, so I'm gonna I will listen to it after this podcast. John, I do have a few things. Yeah. All right. So first one is Hey U X by Benny. And that's B E N E E. Uh I lied, that is not the name of the song, that is the name of the album. Uh it's just put them same put them all on there. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Nah, listen to same effect. Uh, by Benny. B-E-N-E-E. Uh, it is alternative. Um, it's sad girl music. <laughs> sad girl music? Like, Thanks. Was, yeah, that's what one of my coworkers calls it. It's sad girl music. Um, also, we got the new single from Greaves, 
saturation, yeah, uh, which is good. Yeah, first thing we've heard from Greaves in quite some time. Yeah, I looked it up because uh, you mentioned it a couple uh, couple podcasts ago, I think, uh, that he hadn't released anything, but he did something in 2019. Uh, had an album. Was on. that the compilation of singles that he released the year before? Yes. Uh, so okay, but yeah, so he's not on heroin that we know of. I mean, it's a quality that's song. Good. It's a quality song. So you know, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was good. Yeah, that's why I had to send it to you when it came across my Spotify. Yeah, it's definitely a must-listen for uh, hip-hop listening. Cool. And then the next song, John, you've actually heard. It's Knocking on Heaven's Door. But I want you to listen to the version by Antony and the Johnsons. That's Antony, A-N-T-O-N-Y. Um, it is not reggae like most of the versions you've heard. It's, it is a more somber, serious version of that song. Okay. And it, it just kind of kind of hits home it, it it it's sad it's a sad version of that yeah okay yeah i mean i'm i'm gonna put it on the playlist that's what the playlist is for yep all right and that about does it for this week and we'll be back next week with some other stuff that you're gonna put on a record yeah yeah